Hello and welcome to another episode of Swim Talk A to B. Everything you want to know about swimming from A to B. I am the A, Dana Abbott, and a co-host is Bob Button, who is the B. Bob, today is going to be a little bit different, isn't it? Yeah, we're going to finally uh, rope somebody else into joining us for this. We'll see how it goes. Well, we'll be back in just a minute with our guest. This segment is brought to you by Moxie Soda. Folks in Maine have enjoyed the distinctively different taste of Moxie for generations. Be a maniac and shout, make mine a Moxie. Yeah, you talk about that distinctive taste. I'll tell you, if, if you're missing the taste of chloroseptic in your medicine cabinet, you go down to the little local store and see if you can order some Moxie and you will not be disappointed. <laughs> you may notice some technical difficulties with the audio in the following segment, but our interview with Mike Waldman was so good, we didn't want to redo it. So here we go. Today we're talking with Mike Wallman. He's the head coach at Andrews High School out in West Texas. Mike is also the vice president of our Texas Interscholastic Swim Coaches Association. Mike, thanks for joining us today. I appreciate the opportunity. I want to start off today talking about your facility. Would you uh, tell us what you all had, what you have now, and how you got from point A to point B on the new facility you have? And I call it new. It's it's still new to me. The facility is still new to me too. It's we've had it now for about ten or eleven years. Uh, what we had before, when I when I got here thirty one years ago, what we had was uh, a six lane, twenty five yard pool. Uh, had two one meter diving boards. Great learn to swim facility. The shallow end was about two <laughs> feet. Uh, and when I got here, that's where the starting blocks were. They're in the shallow end. And wow. I actually swam in a meet in high school where we came out out here. I, I grew up in Abilene. And uh, we came out here for a dual meet, and the starting blocks being in the shallow end. I was a backstroker back in the day, and this is back when we got to do the stand-up start in the gutter. Oh. And it, uh, you, you work on some real shallow dives in, in that type <laughs> of situation. But uh, we, we, it was really a nice facility for, for learn to swim. Uh, great, great home uh, team facility when you're having a swim meet because you're working on really tight turns. Our school board decided that it was time to give us an upgrade. We upgraded a lot of our facilities and they passed a, was a 16 or a $20 million bond back then. This was in 2003 or two. We, we updated our, our facility to what we have now. We've got two pools. We've got an eight lane, 25 yard pool where the shallow end now is five feet and the starting end is seven feet, two inches. And then our diving well, it's a six lane, 20 yard, 18 inch length. But uh, our depth there is, goes from seven, seven feet, two inches down to 13 feet, eight inches. Three one meter boards, one three meter board. When we have it set up uh, for, for workouts, we've got 14 lanes that are accessible to us, which provide a lot, lot of interesting workouts that we do. That's great. So, you know, when you were talking about uh, your original pool being shallow and the starting blocks at at the wrong end reminded me of the original Katie high pool, which was four by 25 meters. We had three feet in the shallow end. Of course, that's where the starting blocks were. Uh, when we got the new pool, 
Uh, it gave us all sorts of flexibility. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because uh, the Katie Junior High was right next door to the high school pool when we had the old pool. And we used to get a lot of the junior high PE classes in there, but I was never able to convince our athletic director to let me start a junior high or middle school swim program. But my understanding is that you have. Tell us about it. It's great to have, have an administration who believes in what you're doing and believes in the kids and wants to, to do the best that they can for the kids. I approached our administration several years ago about the idea and went in with the thought that, you know, yes, you know, Swimming does have a club uh, aspect to it that they can do away from here. However, you know, you've got middle school basketball, you've got middle school football, volleyball, we have middle school golf. So there's a lot of these avenues for these kids to get involved in athletics. So I try, try to get them to sway their ideas about letting swimming become part of those ranks. Superintendent had a, had a son who uh, was one of our first middle school swimmers and ended up being really quite successful for us. That probably didn't help very much, did it? Oh, no. It, uh, <laughs> he and his younger brother both swam for me. The older one, Ethan, he ended up going to state in a few events, 200 free relay, 50 free, and 100 breaststroke you know, through his tenure with us. The middle school program has really helped out a lot. Uh, we started off with seven kids. Our first year, we had seven kids with the team. The next year, we had 35. Wow. year after that, a couple years after that, we had 130 come out for the team. And even with 14 lanes, it's that just got to be a point where it was it was very crowded. And I hate, absolutely hate having to cut anybody, but it got to be a situation for safety that we we had to make a decision to cut our numbers down to 80 and wow. ended up being 86. So not 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 just the pool itself, but our locker rooms are really not big enough to to handle just that volume of people going in there at one time. So that, that was the reason why we had to, we had to make a limit to it. And it's wow. actually worked real well. It's, it, we've enjoyed some success from that. Well, it's, it's helped you grow your high school program. And uh, this year you were the mythical 4A state champions, uh, the 2020 Clark Wilson Invitational. And you, you've won the girls, won the boys, obviously won the combined. Uh, can you tell us anything about uh, West Texas, your unique issues with travel, things like that, and a lot of smaller schools. Um, and, and you've kind of become the dominant force out there. Is there any movement toward the new division on 4A out your way? Well, to touch on the supposed dominant force, of course, we, we've had an uphill battle. <laughs> uh, Terry Morse out of Pecos has done an incredible job out there. At, you know, small, This is a community that is much smaller than Andrew's. And she has put together some incredible teams year after year after year. So when, when you go up against teams that have coaches that are determined like hers, not just Terry, Jay Thompson at, or Thomas at Monahans, and even the Lubbock schools just north of us, we've got some very strong coaches in this area. Right. Uh, so it, it kind of forces you to be a better coach. You know, you, you want to have the, you want to provide the best opportunity for your kids and when you go up against, you know, some of the best swimmers in, in the state, th those swimmers are going to respond. And it's not just swimmers, those athletes. And, and I noticed a lot of those schools you just mentioned, they have uh, good middle school feeder programs going as well. Um, 
is that something you started or uh, and everybody kind of latched onto it and said, hey, this is for Mike? Or or did everybody uh, kind of grow into that independently? I think, think yeah. Pecos, Monahans, and Andrews about oh, 20, 25 years ago, we started a little spring season for our kids. We, we weren't very strong with the club scene. So we had a lot of, each of us had a lot of kids that wanted to compete that were in their training. So we just started, started that, that range right there. Well, then we noticed that, Hey, we've got a lot of kids that are in the seventh and eighth grade group to try to compete them, compete with, with them, with the younger kids, really not fair to the younger kids. And of course, then again, we had some younger kids back then from each of our teams that were pretty good. So it really wasn't fair for the bigger kids. <laughs> but, uh, we just kind of started a little co-op with each other where we just, we, each of us hosted a meet and we divided it between the elementary age and then also the middle school age. Um, then other teams started seeing what we were doing out here and Lubbock had already had a middle school program that was doing pretty well. And they, they kind of joined in with us and then Midland has joined in and all these other towns around here. Um, so we, we really kind of fed off of each other, you know, sharing ideas, you know, and one of the things that we have out here in West Texas, we don't have five teams within 10 miles of each other. We, <laughs> uh, you know, our, our shortest, our shortest commute for a swim meet is well is to Midland and that's a 45 minute drive. You know, yeah. I, I just pulled up a map of West Texas and yeah. you're, you're actually closer to New Mexico than you are to Midland. Absolutely. There's not a lot of cities out there. You must you must get a lot of bus driving pay for the mileage you're putting in, huh? Well, I do get, get my 25 cents a mile for, for driving the bus, but <laughs> it's pretty quick. So, I mean, Pegasus is an hour and a half. Lubbock's almost two hours for us. Uh, we actually go to a meet in uh, Keller. Uh, Keller has hosted a 4A and under state invitational for us the last several years. And of course, that's a five and a half, six hour drive for us. Right. And it's longer, even further of a drive for uh, Pecos. And you but, take your, your middle schoolers to Mansfield for a, for a big meet too, don't you? Yes, indeed. They, they've got the middle schools. Uh, they do what we call, what we call our state invitational. But, uh, you know, there's not a state meet for middle school. And I understand that. That's for our kids. That's their, their big meet where we, we have qualifying time set up for that. And that I, right. I pose with my kids. We've had some success there, also. Right. Well, uh, what's the latest in Tesca? Any any new projects or uh, uh, news for us? Well, I mean, last year was a huge year for us. Uh, with, with Melissa Howard as our president, she has done a fantastic job, uh, kind of bridging that gap, or not not really a gap, but working so well with uh, the water polo community. And we added water polo as as a uh, as a pilot program right now, we're hoping to get full sanction here in the very near future. Um, we've got some other things that we're working on also. Uh, you know, I know we, both of y'all recall back in 2000 when we had the, the division for swimming, we went from just 5A to a 5A meet and then a 4A and under. Well, now that everybody's moved up a division, so now you've got 6A and then 5A and under, you know, we're, we're getting ready to propose again uh, a 4A and under division. We're, we're pretty excited about that. that that may be coming up in October at the at the legislative council meeting there. Now, a lot of coaches, myself included, would be worried. Okay, yeah, I'm a 4A school, also. That'd be great. 
Um, but uh, do we have a way of creating that division without taking anything away from the other divisions? That was the big thing back in 2000. Um, didn't want to create a new division that was going to do anything to take away from the other one. From the conversations I've had with uh, members at UIL, I don't think it's going to take away anything from that because – I mean, we, we've got a great setup, you know, having 24 going to state now. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. That That's made the Friday meet even that much more exciting and much more meaningful. The, the only thing that we'd be missing from the 5A meet would be all those 4A and under swimmers. This past year, I believe we had 15 teams that were 4A and under that were represented that were represented at the 5A meet. Any had, idea how they would swing that, where, the, where they would host the meet, when uh, – would it be right on top of what they already have somehow? Because right now it seems like we're kind of uh, a, a little tight uh, fit there to get both divisions in on the same day. Yeah, it's a pretty tight fit there. I don't, I really don't see that it would change that aspect of it or, or the schedule of, of the 5A and under or the 5A and then 6A meet. I believe what we're looking at is either going a separate weekend or a separate site or you know, one thought was thrown out there was going Wednesday and Thursday of the same week. Right. So there's a lot of flexibility and there's a lot of things that we would have to work out, but I believe this is very doable. I think uh, UIL is, is getting more on board. You know, in the past, they, they kind of paused on it thinking, well, we need to get at least 100 teams. Well, at this right. point, right, we have 102 teams. So we're, we're pretty excited about that. And uh, we're looking forward to taking that, that full proposal to the Legislative Council in October. Mike, Excellent. if you take that uh, those 102 4A and under teams out, how many does that leave for 5A by itself? And how many are there in 6A? <laughs> what an ambush question. I've already got it. I've already all right. <laughs> I, I knew he was on top of it. Did you guys talk about this before? I would have been going, uh, I don't know. You can hear the paper files rustling in the background. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I'm looking for that one. We have right around, we have right around 300, uh, 6A schools with us coming out. We'd have right around 225, 5A schools. Then you have 102, 4A schools, 4A and under. Right. So I think the numbers are comparable, probably right right where they need to be. It's a good division. It's a good breakdown of numbers for us. And I, I don't think that it's going to affect the, the 5A meet at all. One thing right there, Austin Johnson, who finished second uh, for their girls, finished second at uh, the 5A meet. They're a 4A school. So I wonder if they would keep, uh, obviously for the 6A meet, they'll keep 24 qualifiers. But I wonder if you pull the 4A and under out, if they would drop down to 16 for the 5A by itself and retain the 16 for the 4A and under, or if they would say, we're going to try the first year with only eight. What do you think? I, I really believe that they'll, they'll keep it like it is, go with 24, 24, then we would have our 24 also. One of the big yeah. things that we would change uh, for the 4A and under, you know, currently there's eight regions for swimming and you don't have that for any other sport. And, I don't know what their thought process was as to why they did that. The only thing I can come up with was they were very wise in saying that close swimming being an indoor sport, uh, you're very limited on your space and to find any region that's big enough to host eight districts 
Yeah, facilities was a big issue, I think, when they created that. And I, and I think if if they go with this, that we would, for four and under only, we would go back to a four-region lineup. So you'd still take your top two from each of the regions, and then your next, what would be the next 16 wild fastest card, yeah, as wild cards. That way you're, you're still getting your regional representation, but then you're also – making sure that it is going to be a quality meet. And I believe it will be a quality meet. Yeah. And even if, if, uh, even if the tail end of it is not at first, what we saw with the foray was it didn't take long for it to become uh, pretty strong. Uh, so so I, I think that'll, that'll definitely come along. Hey, uh, what are you guys doing in the summer with your school or club kids uh, with this virus? Uh, are you doing anything with your kids in the summer? I have uh, optional workouts, what we're doing in the summer. I, I am typically a one person show. <laughs> right. And uh, so to be honest with you in the summer, that's my recuperation time. I don't do a whole lot of active coaching unless somebody comes to me and says, can you help, help me with this on my stroke or something? Uh-huh. What, what I have set up, I've got workouts set up on Tuesday, Thursday and Friday mornings. And then also on Tuesday and Thursday evenings where they have the opportunity to come in, I put a workout up on the board and I actually get back in the water myself and start swimming too. Cause I've needed to do that for a few, for several years. <laughs> so we, we had, we've had a good turnout on that. Kind of shifting gears a little bit here. Uh, how's the oil boom and bust cycle uh, help and hurt your program or does it? it? It certainly helps when you bring a huge influx of people in, but a lot of those people that come in they're not bringing their entire family and that that's a shame but when they when the bust comes a lot of these people are not leaving you know th- those that do bring their families in they're not leaving which oh, okay. you know, we think helps a lot but we are very close to the 5a numbers so we, we wouldn't be too opposed to losing a few students just so we can keep that 4a but, <laughs> And I, that's me just being selfish right there with, with, with the families that come in, unfortunately, not, not a lot of the families that come in with the oil companies get involved with a lot of extracurricular activities. And if they do, they, they're usually involved in more of the, shall we call the mainstream sports, uh-huh. so, but it's the, the kids that I have that are on our high school team, vast majority of them are kids that have come up through our club team and our club team really isn't full-blown club it's it's very developmental i try to keep it fun and very light with them try to teach them you know a lot of basics i, I don't really introduce a whole lot of racing until they get to middle school and even at middle school we start off the first half of the season the first half of the year very developmental and make sure everybody learns how to do things correctly and then we start approaching the more of the speed more of the race race ideas later on that's a great lead into my next question. Do you have some favorite drills or sets that you do with your kids? One of my kids' favorite drills or fa- favorite sets, every third week, every third Wednesday, we do what we call uh, it's a power day workout. I've got 15 stations set up in and around the pool where they spend five or six minutes at each station, and then they move on to the next station. We pretty much throw technique out the window and try to do something fun, something that's going to be – that uh, they get to put put forth a whole lot of power right then, 
a lot of force. Uh, they're, they're in, they're each in groups of four. So it's a small group. We have a lot of fun, fun with that. Are you talking about dry land in the water, uh, buckets, uh, power racks, stretch cords, things like that? I'll answer it this way. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. We, we've got a little bit of everything. I've got two lanes that are, are just stretch cords. Uh, then they move to, we call it, it's a ball slam where they take a medicine ball. Actually, they have two medicine balls. They have a little six pound medicine ball. They throw straight out in front of them from a starting position. Then they take the next ball. It's an eight pound ball and they slam it just straight down to the water as hard as they can. Then they do a, a racing start, go out to about mid pool, about 12 and a half yards, flip, turn, come back. They've got on their way back. They've got to pick up the ball off the bottom of the pool that they threw out there while the next person jumps in and gets the ball that they slam down, then rotate through. That's pretty neat. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, that's great. What else you got? Well, we do a lot of in and out turns where we start. Uh, it's about on, on, we call it the first yellow square. It's the 15 meter mark from the far end of the pool. So and about have, eight yards. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we, we've got a trampoline in the water where, uh, they come in, they do their flip turn off the trampoline and bounce off. I, I just got tired of watching kids go into the walls and just sitting there and just absorbing the wall and then pushing off. Right. Yeah, I know they generate a lot of power, but I need them getting off the wall faster. So that's why we implemented that one. I've got the little TikToks where when you rotate, there's a ball bearing inside of a little tube that clicks. And when they hear the click, they pull, rotate, click, pull, rotate, click, pull. Right. We'll do a just continuation of that. We've got our power tower set up where it's breakouts to the middle of the pool. And we've got three power towers, so we, we can get people in and out of that pretty quick. We do a boxing drill where they're just on, on land. They've got boxing gloves on and just rotating the hips and shoulders. Mm -hmm. uh, we do a ball toss where they, they toss the ball 10 times where you've got one partner that's got the ball on, on deck, tosses it to the partner that's in the pool, and that partner then throws it right tosses it right back to the original partner. And then they've got to do a breaststroke pull and a kick by the time the ball comes back to their face. I mean, not to their face, but in order to catch it, <laughs> it, it, it does offer an incentive to move fast. Yeah. <laughs> we do another ball throw where you, you go to the bottom of the pool, pick up the medicine ball. As soon as you come out of the water, you throw it as far as you can down the pool. You swim to it, go down, dive down to the bottom of the pool, get it again, come up, throw and that just goes continuous. We've got a splash and dash. We've got an old diving board that's at the end of, the, of our diving well. The kids run down the board, fly as far as they can, dive in in a streamline, then come up and it's a no breath sprint to the other wall. Well, I've got a camera in the pool. So as soon as they get to the wall, we've got it set on a delay. When they climb out, they can watch themselves swim. That's so pretty cool. A lot of feedback, and they can make a lot of stroke corrections right there. That's real interesting. They, I know you're talking like a TiVo type delayed yes, playback. Um, they, they use use that all the time for diving, but I've never heard of it being used for swimming. That's really interesting. Well, I, to, to piggyback on that, I've actually got three different setups: one for diving, and then that second one is one I just told you about. The third one, it's four cameras going into one TV. We've got a camera at both of the 15-meter marks, but they're angled in to where camera one and camera two are, are set there. So as somebody's swimming out of frame one, 
they're going into frame two. <laughs> it's like you have one long uh, TV screen. So they get to see, instead of just seeing three or four strokes, now they're getting to see seven or eight, nine strokes. Uh, wow. We also have a camera set at the end of the pool so it can see them coming straight on. Then I've got my fourth camera, which is actually at the bottom of the pool looking straight up. So now they get to see the view, their, their view in three different angles. And that you have that on a, a, an audio visual cart from the library, something like that. How do you, how do you set it up to where they can see that and you can still get it off the deck when you're finished? I've got an 80 inch TV that's mounted to the wall. Oh, I've got the four cameras that are actually in the water. They come out to a splitter. The splitter then goes to the TiVo, TiVo to the TV. So all four screens are coming into that TiVo at once, and we can pause it for however many seconds we need to. And then they can watch themselves when they get done. What, what works pretty well with that? We're talking 15, 30 seconds? They're getting about 10 seconds in front of the TV, or in, in front of the, the, uh, the screen, or in front of the sorry. And uh, once they get, well, they're actually doing a 50, so they're getting both sides of their, their body come back. So we've got to set up on about... 45, 50 second delay. So by the time they get done, they watch themselves, then it's their turn to jump back in and go. We just cycle it through five or six people. Wow. Okay. Sounds great, Mike. What what else do you have, Dana? I I think we've covered things pretty well. Your middle schoolers have done pretty well in the uh, little middle school rankings we've done last couple of years. Uh, They must have been pretty disappointed that we weren't able to do it this year because of the virus. Yes. Our, our kids were, you know, like, like kids all over the state, you know, they were disappointed. They were pretty sad about this, but, uh, you know, a lot of them are just looking forward to com- coming back this next year. They're getting anxious. You know, I've had several middle schoolers that come up and, and work out with the high scores in, in our morning and our afternoon sessions. So Good. It's, Good. it's been, that, that's been inspirational right there. Mike, it sounds like you're doing a fantastic job out there and it's terrific to have an administration that's behind you and supports you. Absolutely. Uh, like, like I mentioned earlier, our, our superintendent, you know, his kids were involved and that, that certainly helps when you, when you have the backing of the administration, I, I can't say enough good things about that. It's been wonderful. <laughs> you know, when I, when I first came out here 31 years ago, my whole thought was I'm just going to be here a couple of years, but I'm going to go to the big lights of the big city. <laughs> and then I started looking around here, you know, West Texas is, is flat and, and dry, but it's not a bad place to be, really not a bad place to be. And, of course, you know, me, meeting my wife, and she had ways to encourage me to stick around here. Her, her mom fed me well. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, this, this, has been, this has been home now. I, I've been here for 31 years. I, people ask me, well, how much longer? I go, it's still fun. I don't, I don't know how much longer. Well, we don't know how much longer for our podcast, but we do know that this episode has come to an end. And we want to thank our first interview for Swim Talk, Mike Waldman of Andrews High School in Andrews, Texas, that's way out west in the dust and dirt, for being our first guest. Thanks for stopping by. Join us next time for another episode of Swim Talk. Swim Talk.